0: Imagine you picked up the most important book in the world, a book with words that can transform hearts. Now, imagine when you opened up that book, it was full of highlights and notes in the margin, and so you could see how this book has transformed someone's heart. This is The Notable Podcast. These are discussions where pastors not only take seriously the biblical text, But they share what they've been underlining and highlighting. All of their notes that help them share the world's most important book and how it's transformed their hearts and how it can transform the hearts of the people you know. This is Season 5, Coming Forth as Gold, a reading of the Book of Job. You're about to hear a conversation between John and Tim Borman, twin brothers, both Christian pastors. Tim is a pastor in Queens, New York, and John is a pastor in Aiken, South Carolina. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support us or hear more, visit NotablePodcast.com. That's N-O-T-A-B-L-E podcast.com. Here's John and Tim.
1: Timothy, some people really don't like Elihu. They just don't like him. What? What's wrong with Elihu? <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it seems like they have an axe to grind. Let me look. Let me read a quote to you um, that I've read in my studies about the Book of Job. Poor Elihu, he gets um, trounced here. Oh, let's but, um, hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> Here's what it says. Even God himself finds nothing to reprove, reprove in Elihu's discourses as he does in those of the three friends. But neither does he find anything to praise. He too passes over them in silence as though they had never been uttered, as though they were insignificant. Elihu was as sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal, for he had no charity. As far as the practical solution to the situation was concerned, Elihu's discourses were spoken into the wind, he might just as well have quit before he had begun. Elihu, you might as well not have said anything. Elihu might as well (laughs) not even be in the book. (laughs) That's what that says. That's an overstatement. There's some truth in there, but that's a little bit of an overstatement for sure. Elihu's controversial in the book of Job. And and that's the point. Like liberal scholars will say he wasn't originally in there. He's an insertion. Um and and they'll say cuz Elihu's not brought up by the Lord later blah blah blah. Well, you can understand um, you can understand where they're coming from, right? He he's not in the beginning. He drops in. He's not named in the beginning of the book. I mean, this is a deus ex machina kind of move here. Elihu he out of nowhere. in. Yeah, he like no know he was there, all of a sudden he's there. There he is. Oh. Yeah, he's We he's didn't even know you it. existed except from yeah. the book of Genesis. Like, you're there all too, sudden, Elihu? <laughs> Elihu? Whoa, Elihu, what are you doing here? And so, uh, liberal scholars will do that. Here's a conservative scholar um who thinks that Elihu has nothing helpful to add and actually accuses of uh, of being uh, in uh, of not being charitable and loving. Um Oh, I think that's a way overstatement. I think it's a misunderstanding of Elihu, uh, but there you go. There's the controversy. Well, well, he, he, you can understand, like Elihu, Elihu, and and we'll get into his message in just a second. But he's he's a very interesting, ambiguous figure in this book. I mean, let let's just say this: he he's a little bit like John the Baptist in this way that. He, he prepares job for the advent of the Lord. And then he, but here's the thing: <laughs> The Lord completely overlooks Elihu. It, he, he doesn't address Elihu at all. In fact, right after Elihu just sort of shuts up and, and goes off screen, the Lord, the, the, the book goes on job 38 verse one it says, "The Lord said to Job." from a storm, you know, like, and Ellie, they're like, well, what about me? (laughs) (laughs) No. So, so Timothy, I would, I would, uh, I would push right back on that. And I would say, I would say this, this is exactly what a good friend is. In fact, I would even say this, this is exactly what a good pastor does. He gets out of the way and he, he delivers, he prepares people to meet the Lord. And honestly, I hope that I'm an Elihu in that sense, that people don't remember me, people don't talk about me, people don't look at me. What they remember is the Lord and his message, and that I prepared them to meet the Lord. All right. I mean, that it. I, I can see that, but still, the Lord does... He does not address what Elihu said in any way. It, um, uh, we can say this. That's not he does. We're, look, look at the controversy. That's not true, because because the Lord picks <laughs> up themes from Elihu's speech and he uses them. Okay, that's that's true enough. I yep. It's that, the same. It's the same kind of theology. That's that's for sure true, and we'll we'll look at that. All right. So then, but there's this too. The Lord certainly does not praise Elihu, but he does not condemn him. And I, I think that's significant. He We, we picked up Eli, Eliphaz and, and Bildad and Zophar. The Lord's irritated and, and very angry with them. Job has to make sacrifices for him. Elihu um, is, again, disregarded. He, he's overlooked. Um, the Lord does not condemn or praise him in in the epilogue at all and and so we're kind of left a little bit I think it's safe to say in this ambiguous situation like thinking and, and one more thing Job doesn't respond to Elihu either like with the friends Job has he sort of engages in this debate Job, Job just shuts up and Elihu goes on and on and on four different speeches here's Elihu is very here's, unique in the book, that's what I'm trying to say, and a little bit ambiguous. He's very, and, and important. I would argue he's very, very important. Here's what's happening in the overall structure of the book. I hope people aren't going, like, I, I realize it's very analytical. But here's what's happening in the overall setup of the book. Um, you had Job chapter 1 and 2, here's the problem. Um, you, got the, you got Job's friends, and Job himself worsening the problem. They go down into a hole. Now we'll look at some of the bright spots of the Redeemer theology, the resurrection theology that Job himself develops. But aside from that, you're in a deep, deep hole. Then what happens is you get to Job chapter 28. In Job chapter 28, we start to get a bridge to healing. Now, we'll look at Job chapter 28. That's going to come up, but we start getting bridged into some healing, into actually understanding suffering and what the God is doing, what the Lord is doing a little bit better. Um, and then what happens after that is Job lays down his final complaint and he rests his case. Job's done, he is tapped out. And then that's when Elihu speaks up. And so what happens is Elihu is going to take you as a bridge. To the Lord, there's a gap between what Job has said, and when the Lord is going to show up. And Elihu fills the gap. He's the bridge to the Lord's theology. He's the John the Baptist, like that. So he does play a key role in the book. He, he really Elihu. does. And and before we get into like his basic, the content of his basic message, and and we'll push into that. I, I just want to notice this with you, Jonathan. Um. And really the question is this, is Elihu, is he a man filled with this, the, the Holy Spirit and speaking the very word of God? And I believe what he says is truth. Or is he this angry young punk? I, I think, because you can read him and, and, and people are very divided on this in, in those two very different ways. And One of the questions here. Is is Elihu? He does he does want to speak up. He does want to justify um, God and and defend God's you know his honor. And, 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 he, and he does not want Job to speak against God, and he, and he wants to show the friends that they're wrong too. But what's what's clear in the narrative, um, and we're not going to be able to read all this; just too much. We're going to cover Elihu in just one episode here. But Elihu speaks from a place of anger. He, he says... Um, That's verse 3, right? The narrative over and over again. There's, there's this very interesting narration um, that really sets Elihu apart. I mean, we've got his g- genealogy. We, we've got him parachuting in. He, he's, he's, he's been holding himself back. But what it says, I, I think, three different times. It says he was angry. He, his anger was aroused. He was He was very angry. and so there, there's a lot there's a lot to say about this because Elihu is going to speak he's going to speak truth. He's not going to be condemned by the Lord. He's, he, the Lord's not going to be angry for his words. but he is coming from a place of anger. And I can only speak for myself. It's very difficult to speak with love. We'll we'll talk about this. It's very difficult to speak with love when you're coming from such an angry place. He is, and, and you're right, Timothy, he is, it's insightful what you're saying, he is speaking from a place of anger. He's got two bones to pick. And we're told this, let me just read it. He says, but Elihu." who son of Barakel the buzzite of the family of ram okay here's this first bone he's picking became very angry with job for justifying himself rather than god is it i mean that's that's actually a worthy bone to pick it it, it is upset he's angry with with job yes mm-hmm. yeah so it, this is this is a righteous anger it's you know when you justify yourself rather than God, this is very problematic. And in fact, I would argue that that is the exact opposite of the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? You're justifying yourself rather than God because the gospel of Jesus is that he justifies you. Um, this is Job. Job's got some problems, you know. Okay, and then verse three, he's got another bone to pick. He was also angry with the three friends, because they had found no way to refute job and yet had condemned him so so he's got a bone to pick and we've already picked a bone with the three friends ourselves so we have we, yeah and in, in that sense we've been Elihu- hopefully Elihu we didn't do well. it angrily did we do it angrily hopefully <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to listen listen back we yeah. listen back but so that our listeners can type in on that that that's i mean that's where we're coming from that's where where people are are reading Elihu and and they're asking these questions i think they're good questions to ask why why doesn't job speak back to Elihu why does the lord address Elihu in any kind of way um it, was it a good idea for Elihu to, co- to to come to job and to the to the friends with really such heated anger um uh, Those are questions I think that, in some ways, remain unresolved. um, But they're things that we can we can think about. But but really, um, we can say this about Elihu is that he comes with with a powerful message, and and a message that really um, goes well beyond the failed theology of the three friends. And and I got I got two. Two parts of it, the the four speeches that that Elihu goes into, that that really help us to see um, a new way of understanding suffering and a new way of seeing seeing the Lord. Um, see, now you're affirming him, but do it. I, I am. I'm not. A, I'm not necessarily affirming his his anger. I'm asking questions about that. But the things that he says. Um, some of the things that he says are just beautiful. Like, here's um, this Job 33. This comes in the first speech. And and a lot of people say, like, this is the very height of Elihu. Um, I think there's one other spot that we can look to that's also really, really beautiful. But Job 33, um, 23 um, to verse 30, it, it says... And and I want to really push in on verses 23 and 24. It says this: Yet if there is an angel at their side, a messenger or or a, a mediator, as as the NIV 84 says, out one out of a thousand, send to them how, s- sent to them to tell them how to be upright. And he is gracious to that person. Says to God, spare them from going down to the pit. I have found. Listen to this. A ransom for them. Elihu has a mediator theology. He has a gospel, Timothy. That he, this is what he's saying: you he's, can be saved from the pit by a mediator. That's exactly exactly like that. Job. Um, this is this is what can happen: that a mediator can come, and and in his mouth is going to be this promise: I have found a ransom for the sinner to turn deserved suffering into a good future. (laughs) Look, isn't that gorgeous? That's amazing. Look at at verse 28. I'm so excited about this. They will go to others and say, I have sinned, I have perverted what is right, but I did not get what I deserved. (gasps) God has delivered me from going down to the pit, and I shall live to enjoy the light of life come on that's the hope of every that's like believer that's what i say every sunday you know <laughs> that's the hope of every believer i have a mediator in jesus christ who has who has paid the ransom and spared me what i rightly deserve like okay ellie you know maybe he's saying it out of anger maybe he's this is the holy clearly the holy spirit speaking through him. we say that um but this is a in advance. This is this is this is truth. This is gospel hope that Ellie, who's speaking into Job's life, the friends never did that. They never had a gospel for Job. It's, it's, this is this is powerful. So, so powerful that's stuff. that that's that's really big. I I got another. I got another section that I think is just um, stunning, and it's comes in the fourth speech from Elihu. And and this is where Elihu really becomes a John the Baptist. And and the poetry here is is really quite stunning. Um, here, here's what he says. This is verse 21 and I just want to meditate on this as Elihu really prepares for the presence of the Lord. He says now no one can look at the sun Bright as as it is in the skies, after the wind has set, swept them clean, out of the north he comes in golden gold splendor. God comes in awesome majesty. So he's El, Eli who is preparing for theophany. He's he's preparing for the coming of the Lord, and what he says is this: It's you know we'll we'll put it in plain and simple English. You cannot look at the sun. It'll it'll wreck you. It'll it'll burn your retina. Like remember remember that um, solar eclipse. When the eclipse happened, people are like staring at the sun, and the doctors like don't do it. Don't do, do that it, y'all. No. Do not do it. <sighs> Ellie, who's saying, on a bright, clear day, and the sun is 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 beating down, you you can't look at the sun. How much less? How much less can you? Look at the Lord in in his in his glorious coming, and He may do and and, and that's and John the Baptist the, yeah, okay. prepare the Big way time. for the Lord. You know, prepare, get ready. You're not ready yet. Like John the ba- you're not ready yet, Job. You're not people of God. You're not ready yet. I'm here to tell you to get ready for the coming of the Lord. And for Job, put this in the context of Job's suffering, right? Job. Job has this massive complaint against God. What's his complaint? God, you have done me wrong. God, you are you are not showing me justice. Right? That's Job's complaint. What does what Elihu say in closing? He says, The Almighty is beyond our reach and exalted in power. In his justice and great righteousness, he does not oppress. Whatever This is what he's saying. Whatever the Almighty is doing, Job, he is not doing it to oppress you. He is not doing it to deny you justice. That is not who the Lord is. And in fact, his conclusion is this. Therefore, people revere him. For does he not have regard for all the wise in heart? And that's a key, key word there. This is a book of wisdom. He's saying, basically, people have faith. People have faith. Um, the Lord regards them. He cares for them. He's not going to oppress them. That's he's just a key, key transition now to... The pinnacle of the book, you know, the Lord's about to show up and it's, it's not going to burn uh Job's retina. You know, the Lord's not going to come and destroy him in his glorious might. And so there's a law gospel note here, like Ellie, who's saying, you don't really, you're not really ready for the Lord to show up. And he's right, you know, from the side of law, he's right. But the Lord, and and I think we're gonna to have to understand this more as the book goes on. He he comes he comes and it's all gospel, you know. Like he 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 doesn't destroy Job. He doesn't wipe Job off the map. He comes to set him straight. He comes to let him know about the mystery and, and about his love, um, and his control over creation, over Leviathan, and and so yeah, yeah. So, what's your final take on Elihu, Timothy? I'll say this: you know, um, what do you learn? It's Elihu comes with truth. He he comes with truth, but it's not enough to speak the truth. Truth that is spoken without love is nothing. It's nothing but a resounding gong. It's nothing but a clanging symbol. Symbol. Cy- uh, uh, somebody gave me this metaphor once, um, that, that truth and love go together, um, like two wings of an airplane. If you only have truth, uh, the airplane crashes. Um, if you have only love and, and you, and disregard for the truth, the airplane crashes as well. But what what Scripture is wants and and the Apostle Paul is clear on this. You know, he says, "Come, come to people, to build them up into the head who is Christ with truth and love." And and I, I remember in Second Timothy, um, that 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 he was say, pa- Paul was saying to Timothy, you know, teach with great patience and careful instruction. Great, pa- not just patience, great patience, and not just instruction. But careful instruction, and you know you read that back into Elihu as he's coming in anger. You know we said that, and and you and you have to wonder like, did the airplane crash? You know did it, he came with truth? Did he come in love? That I think that's the question, and and I wonder if Elihu really resounded more like a symbol, um, or or uh, uh, you know a resounding gong than um, coming from the side side of love. You know, I, so let me just, I, I really enjoyed that thought, and let me just reflect on that a little bit. Um, what is anger? Um, anger is wronged love, is what it is. When does God get angry? When love is, has been wrecked and destroyed. Has so for me the question is: Has love been destroyed um, to this point in the book of Job? And as I read, I mean, uh, decide for yourself, right, listeners. But as I read the book of Job, has God's name and God's grace been exalted um, in in the thinking of of the friends in Job? And to me, the answer is not exactly. <laughs> Um, you do have Job 16, 19, where Job hopes in a mediator and it's powerful and it's beautiful and it's, and it's incredible. You have the Christological mountain peaks that we'll look at. Um, but in general, the Lord's name has been muddied by Job. Um, and is there, is it love wronged that, that Elihu has, um, in a, in, a, in a righteous sort of way. Um, similarly with the friends, have the friends, you know, I would call them satanic agents. Should should we be angry about that? Is is that love wronged? At, at any rate, I'm not as hopeless about Elihu. I, I think that his anger actually demonstrates love for God and for Job at some level. Um, yeah, maybe it's a little ambiguous. <laughs> Maybe, maybe I, you know, this, it's something to Ellie, who is a guy that it makes you want to come back and read the book of Job over again. It, it makes you want to read what he says um, really closely and to understand it. And I think there's some things, there's some definite things to, to rejoice. And I'll say this, I'll say this, you know, just walking away from, from Ellie, who, what, what kind of sticks with you um, we learn some things about the Lord that are really important. That that He, we we can expect Him to come near to us in our suffering. Ellie, Ellie, who was expecting that, He prepares for that, and Jesus does come near in, to us in our suffering. He He promised, um, especially to the sufferer. You know, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you to the very end of the age. Th- that is never more true. Than when you're suffering. Jesus is near. And and Elihu brings that truth to us. I we I think I think we can also learn from Elihu um, to really think through our anger. You know, I maybe we're angry for the right reasons. But anger is not a place where you want to stay. It 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 never is a place that you want to stay. And, and it usually is not productive when you go to somebody, especially somebody who's suffering. Um, these are things that I think we want to talk about, you know, and think about for ourselves. Yeah, I, that that'd be my final takeaway too. Uh, maybe maybe two thoughts. One, I want to keep working on Alihu. Um, I want to meditate on his messaging. More, I think I need to do a lot more work on him. But two, he is the only human model we get that comes anywhere close to one that we might want to emulate with somebody who is in suffering. We have to wholeheartedly reject Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. I mean, no questions asked, because the Lord does. Um. Elihu who is at at least we can say this: we can look at him, and if we're going to say anything to a sufferer, we got a model in Elihu. And and maybe it's maybe just this last thought is we maybe have some questions at least in the moment. I mean, maybe both of us will go do more work on Ellie. Who, but I don't have any questions about Jesus. <laughs> I got no questions about him. And we can look at him and the way that he deals um, with people who are suffering and what he says and how he behaves. And um, that's a trustworthy model. And we can see his love, his grace, and his truth.
0: Thanks for listening to the Notable Podcast. Check out our other seasons to hear other people sharing their notes and highlights. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support us or hear more, visit NotablePodcast.com. That's N-O-T-A-B-L-E podcast.com. Thanks for listening.